0: Welcome to Know Your Balls podcast, a podcast where you gotta know your balls. I'm Avi Krogloth. With me, as always, my co-host Robbie Williams. Robbie, we're trekking through April now. Things are still happening, and things are still there to be talked about.
1: <laughs> they don't those things, man. They just don't stop happening. Crazy things.
0: Things be happening.
1: Let's uh, say that. <laughs> all? that I'm, I'm sorry. I gotta stop you for a second. What is yeah. that? Oh, uh, oh man, uh, J not J Rock. I can't get J Rock out of my head. That ridiculous rapper. He has a song called "Time,"
0: and it's called like "Time." It's, it has ridiculous lyrics. I wish I could remember him right now.
1: I can't remember. Like uh,
0: time, like it just the thing about time is that it passes.
1: Yeah, and it just <laughs> it keeps going, like and it doesn't stop. <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> it's got it's just like
0: line, like what you said with like things happening. Things oh, man, are goodness. happening. The weather is. Weathering, <laughs> uh, we're we're moving on. Uh, we got a lot. We got a lot on the docket today. Uh, the NCAA recently approving a new transfer rule. We'll get into that first. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, things happening in the NFL. Again, Robbie, things are happening. Uh, Julian Edelman calling it a career. The Cleveland Browns making uh, a couple of moves on the defensive line that we'll double mention. Uh, Joey Votto getting into it with uh, an ambitious better. And the NBA, we're turning the corner on the regular season. The, the end of the tunnel is, is approaching the playoffs on the horizon. LaMarcus Aldridge uh, abruptly announcing his retirement. Uh, Jamal Murray, a, a big injury that's going to affect the title race. And, of course, uh, we'll, we'll get into all the various NBA injuries that have been going on. But first, we want to, again, thank uh, Tell ABQ. Shout out to all the all the great people and albuquerque new mexico make sure you check out tell abq or download the tell abq app where you can listen to this podcast uh you can listen to know your balls on tell abq podcasts so robbie uh you're a guy that uh went to you know a big time college athletic school went to michigan state uh you've seen your fair share of college games and there's this new rule and I'm interested to hear how you think this is going to change college sports and specifically college basketball and college football. Cause that's what this rule applies to. Um, there, there, the, there used to be a rule in those sports in college basketball and college football. Coincidentally, the sports that make the NCAA the most amount of money that if you're transferring, if you're an athlete transferring from one school to another, you had to sit out one season or one year now the NCAA is approving a new rule that they don't have to wait anymore that you know that if you it's a one-time rule so if you transfer twice then that that's another story but that, that doesn't happen as often obviously if you transfer once you don't need to sit you can just go right in and play so I'm curious how you think this is gonna shape the most popular college sports in the country I feel like you'll see more transfers
1: um, because there's not like a penalty for it anymore, but also it kind of I don't know. I feel like it's it's um it's a little ridiculous to take away some a year of somebody's playing time um, because they don't like the school they're at for whatever reason. Uh, i de- I definitely think you'll see a lot more transfers though. Um, that's the only effect I can really see this having
0: you' yeah, we're, we're already seeing a lot of transfers as it is. I the the term transfer portal is not something that I don't think people would have heard a lot in the last, like five years ago. And now that's like a common term, like, oh, they're entering the transfer portal. Oh, they're, you know, they're going this way. Like uh, in, in, in uh, college football, I'm just off the top of my head. Uh, uh, sorry. Justin Fields is one example. He's going to be a, a first round draft pick. He was at Georgia that he transferred to Ohio state. I'm, um, I'm, I'm blanking on, on the next one. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went to Ohio State. He transferred to LSU. Won the Heisman. Was the number one overall pick. So, th- th- these are already prominent athletes that are involved in this. And now, um, it's just going to further, like, a new culture, almost. Like, maybe we'll see, like, college football or college basketball free agency as we start to slowly move into like a business side of things for for college athletes getting potentially compensated in a couple years
1: they might open up trades <laughs> the teams are going to start getting upset that they're losing their best players and not getting anything in return so it's like well you got to give me something then you know
0: um i mean seriously if you start Trev- paying trevor- the players L- and trevor- everything i mean why not you know trevor lawrence for your whole secondary <laughs> <Say something. laughs> It evens point. out, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm really interested to see how that's gonna go. Uh, I don't. I, I think this is gonna be more of like I mean we've already seen it in football, college basketball. I mean all the top, not all the top, many of the top prospects are one and done anyways. So I don't know if this is gonna necessarily change too much in college basketball in terms of the elite talent, but we shall see. So I'm I, and I, and like you, I agree that this was this was overdue. Like no one should have to sit out for a year. So moving on to the professional leagues, the NFL, Julian Edelman, uh, the, the wide receiver for the New England Patriots, longtime wide receiver for the Patriots, was there 11, 12 years. And uh, yeah. he was undrafted. He, or, sorry, not undrafted. He was a seventh-round pick back in 2019. Basically was the Wes Welker replacement for the Patriots. Uh, had a great, great, great career. One of the great Patriots wide receivers at uh, and now that he's retired, he he. there's discussion of whether he's in the Hall of Fame or whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. Is he a Hall of Famer, Robbie?
1: I, I, you know, I think we should be talking about him because he was a great player and he's retired. And I was a little surprised, but like, I don't know where this Hall of Fame discussion came from. Like, I was very surprised. I was playing a game with my buddy last night and he asked me the same question. He's like, do you think Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame? And I was like. Should Greg Jennings be in the Hall of Fame? You know, like should, like I can think of like a lot of good players is like I yeah. respect them. They're great players. But like Hall of Fame players, I don't know, maybe one yep. day, but I I really
0: don't see it happening. Some other notable wide receivers that are not in the Hall of Fame, Sterling Sharp. Reggie Wayne, oh, man, Reggie Wayne was... Yeah, Reggie pleased. Wayne, like... Heinz <laughs> Ward, Jimmy Smith, Tory Holt, these are all guys that you could... I mean, I think they have better numbers than Edelman for his career, and they're not in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Edelman might have, like, a like an all-time high uh, passer rating, though, right? Seven for eight, 179 for eight. yards, and two yeah. passing touchdowns in his career. So two of his seven passes were touchdowns pretty pretty high I don't know what that works out to in the the decimal points there but it's got to be pretty good
0: yeah and and in terms of receiver he had 620 catches over 16 or sorry not 16 (laughs) he had over 6800 receiving yards and he had 77 touchdowns in the playoffs though is where he really made his mark 118 catches over 1400 receiving yards and five touchdowns He's a three-time Super Bowl champ, a one-time Super Bowl MVP. The last title that the, the Patriots won against the LA Rams, uh, he was the MVP in that game. So, look, I I think this is, this is one of those things where, like, everything's kind of sensationalized even more in this internet social media age. And he definitely had a great career. Retire his number in New England and hold him up as one of the franchise's greats. But I think there are levels to this. Uh, and and there are definitely there are arguments to be made that he's one of the great postseason receivers of all time but i don't necessarily view it as like he was getting them there like when he when they got there he was balling but i mean he's he's a passenger on the belichick brady train exactly no i definitely see why new
1: england would like you said retire his number or something but to, to put him in the Hall of Fame. That's, you know, especially when you named a bunch of other players there that, you know, would be just, That's the thing. If you start letting someone of that caliber in, well, then every time somebody gets to this, like, high mid-range, you know, player caliber, like, then you got to consider them for the Hall of Fame. You know, I don't know. They're going to have to, like, annex sections of the
0: Hall of Fame or something. Start <laughs> doing some additions. Right, like kind of there like <laughs> just one section in Canton it's just kind of there <laughs> honorable or, honor honorable mention yeah yeah uh well Edelman definitely had a, had a great career Patriots fans will will never forget uh never forget him never forget his clutch Super Bowl performances he uh he he was a hell of a player so uh congratulations and uh you know mazel tov to to Julian Edelman on, on a great uh long successful career uh, so We wish him well in retirement. So moving on to more current NFL news or news that's, uh, I guess, impacting the next season's picture of uh, contention. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, finally, with all this foreplay and with all this will-they-won't-they, the Cleveland Browns of Jadavion Clowney finally come to an agreement Clowney signs with the Browns for a one-year deal worth up to ten million. It's really eight million with two million in incentives. And finally, like I, as a Browns fan, I was just, I just, I was like, okay, is he coming or not? Like, I don't, I don't want any more hypotheticals. If he's, if he's going to be on the Browns, he's going to be on the Browns. If he's not, he's not. I'm okay stop with being either. The, just like, <laughs> yeah, stop. Just, just commit or not. Uh, this, this was, this was a guy that. The Browns wanted badly last year. They were offering him the most money of any team last offseason. In fact, there was reportedly a contract that they offered him that was three years, fifty-four million, or somewhere in that ballpark. And I bet he wish he took that deal. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously I understand like not wanting to go to Cleveland prior to last year. They had no proven success record or success um, in decades. But things change when you get the coach of the year and you win a playoff game and finish in one of the last eight teams standing. Uh, So I'm just I'm glad that this finally happened and I'm glad he has a new agent. It's like, you know, it's pushing him to go this way sounds almost like
1: a like a long like love saga or something on lifetime where it's like the browns are the guy like chasing the girl you know and she she blows them off as first and then she gets a new friend who's
0: like you know what that guy's pretty cute and you should go over there like you know. well then well then the guy that she doesn't want becomes really hot or gets a really big a really great job
1: yeah That's well what the Browns her, well, her
0: boyfriend or current boyfriend's treating her like crap yeah exactly no this is I mean, exactly well, what the story is I mean I wouldn't necessarily like view the Tennessee Titans treating him like like crap, but he he only played in I think eight games last year. Didn't have a sack. He had a he had a knee injury that forced him to miss a lot of uh, a lot of the season. He, uh, he he had I think four tackles for losses, but no sacks. He's never had double digit sacks. He's got all the talent in the world. I mean, for crying out loud, this dude was the number one overall pick, but he's never had like the the sack numbers that have been expected of him. He's still a very good run defender though. That's, that's been constant, but that's not what's going to make the big bucks. And so he wanted a big deal. The Browns were offering him that big money long, like a multi-year deal and also a one-year deal, but he took less money to sign with the Titans. Didn't work out. And now he's coming to Cleveland and he's 28. He's, he's definitely got something in the tank. I think if he stays healthy, and you're lining up opposite Miles Garrett. I mean, you can't double team both of them. Yep, that's a big difference maker. Poor, uh, poor Ben Roethlisberger. Something interesting: uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett's agent was, I believe, Jadavian Clowney's agent last year. And I wonder if, like, the reason his agent didn't want him going to Cleveland is because he, he didn't want like the sack numbers to cannibalize each other. Now he's got a new agent and now he's going to team up with Miles Garrett. So who knows. It's um an interesting thought. Yeah, and Stand and bagging your players so that you can get better contracts for other players or something. Yeah, I mean, that's seems like a common agent thing to do, especially in the NFL. Um but something notable also that happened um like the the Browns defensive line was looking really stout, uh, had a lot of productive veterans and then all of a sudden uh the Browns announced they were cutting defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson. Uh, it's going to save them eleven to twelve million dollars in cap space, but he is he, I mean, he, he was a John Dorsey signing, signed a three-year deal. He had played well the last two seasons with the Browns. I mean, the, the Browns are ha- having to get rid of a, a big piece like Richardson. I, I'm not. They, I guess they view Clowney as an upgrade, but I'm not so sure. I mean, I feel like Richardson's a safer bet
1: already has a proven track record with the team and everything.
0: Um, Yeah, not as injured, too.
1: I mean, it saves him the calf space, though. So, I guess, you know, you're kind of playing the long game there, trying to trade off and also make room. So, it seems like a decently smart move to me.
0: Um, Yeah, they also have a lot of extensions coming up. Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward. Andrew Barry has earned the benefit of the doubt, Barry, the president of football operations, GM, whatever title you want to, want to put on him. Um, he's the one making roster decisions. He's earned the benefit of the doubt for me for now. We may look back in a year and say that that was not a good move. We could in a year say, wow, you know, that, that was a, that was a hell of a move. They, you know, they also may like some of the interior defensive linemen in the draft, especially in the first round. So, you know, maybe they go that route, but uh, I I gotta trust in the man who who brought help help build a team that that went to the playoffs for the first time in my living memory. So he's earned the benefit of the doubt for now. So go Browns. That's that's the that's the parting message on that. Uh, so glad Clowney's finally uh, in the brown and orange and finally in the dog pound. Uh, baseball season, it's going. We're, we're we're progressing. Akil Badu is still balling out for for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, skewed records early on. Like I think the Yankees are in last place right now, or something like that. The, the yeah, Dodgers are surviving,
1: but I, I watched the Tigers sweep the uh, the Astros pretty convincingly, and that was the most entertaining Tigers baseball I've seen in
0: years. Um, I mean, it's a low. It's a low bar. It's a really low bar. But I'm I'm glad you're getting some happiness out of this, and I I will support beating the Houston Astros for this season. I mean, they there's still too many players who are associated with with the cheating scandal on that team. It'll be a while before they completely wash their hands of that, I think. Uh, but something interesting, something that made the rounds, uh, that uh, the 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 Reds and the Giants had a series recently. Joey Votto, who's just really 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 good player, first baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> He he had an, he he was going back and forth with this guy and uh, this Giants fan I believe he was a Bleacher Report producer. They were talking about uh, betting on a scoreless first inning. Uh, it turns out Vado, you know, he had a two, he had a two run home run in the first inning, so it did not end up being a scoreless first. Uh, but I, I mean, to me, this is like one of those things that like happens all the time, and we just don't see it <laughs> like. You know, back in the day, people were like, "Come on, you know, like, just, just, you know, make sure you make sure you don't score this inning, and you know, we'll be good." Like that kind of like on the low low. Yeah, just it was illegal
1: back then. So, I mean, technically, this is still a little legal. Trying to, um, you know, directly influence it by <laughs> by talking to a to the player. Yep, uh, I thought it was really funny though that he had the producer had a Giants jacket on, and they're playing the Giants. So it seemed like he was doing a little bit of multitasking. He's getting a little work done, getting a story going. He's enjoying a baseball game, and he's talking crap, trying to get in the heads of uh, the other team. So I, I appreciated the uh, the gamesmanship on multiple levels by this he, uh, Bleacher
0: Report producer. He's working all the angles. He's covering all his bases, uh, to use a, a baseball analogy. I've never I been was, a bit... Of, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I
1: thought it was interesting that one of the guys said, you're not a real fan for betting on the game, you know, because he's like, oh, you, uh, you know, we win and your team loses, but you'll say you still won because you won money. My dad will say the same thing about like fantasy football. He's like, that's not real. You know, you're not a real fan if you root for individual players on a team. And you're not rooting for the teams and the games and stuff. And I don't know. I think it makes you like a super fan. Like you're still rooting for your team, but also you've also got this side stuff going on. So gamesmanship on multiple levels. I, I definitely appreciate it.
0: I was gonna ask, like I mean, if you have you been that gambling guy? Do you bet on games? Like how how much are you personally like putting money down on like sports results, I, I, excluding fantasy football and that kind of stuff. I made a fan account and I didn't have
1: my wallet near me while I was doing it on my phone. And I would just got lazy and I just never, I never finished plugging. I did everything except for plugging my credit card information. Um, mm-hmm. And I regret it because I made it because I wanted to bet on UCLA to at least beat the spread against Michigan and uh, Gonzaga. Um, after watching them beat Alabama, and I was just like, or did I mix that up? They beat Alabama first. I'm
0: getting uh, it was. I'm getting confused now. It's such a whirlwind, but yeah, I mean, they went, they, they, they made a hell of a run and all the way up through Gonzaga. Uh, Okay, I saw Alabama first, so, so I would have won money, but I didn't. I didn't finish
1: betting. That's the closest I've come to actually putting money down, on a game.
0: I, I mean, excluding fantasy football, and I did a little bit of fantasy basketball, and I guess that's, that's its own form of gambling, I guess, because you are like betting on like season long performances of, of certain players. Uh, but I, I, the only time I've ever actually put money down on a game, uh, this past Super Bowl, uh, I put, I think I, I bet that Mahomes was going to be like, I forget what the line was, it was like maybe 35 and a half rushing yards. And I was, like, so convinced that Mahomes was going to be under that. But then, like, on the first drive of the game, he rips off, like, a 27-yard run or something like that. And so he hit the over. And then I also did a parlay. I bet the over on the Super Bowl, which didn't end up happening because I did not know that the Buccaneers were going to hold the Chiefs without a touchdown. <laughs> and I also bet money line on the Bucks. So I got that on the bucks, but I lost it because it was on it was a part of a parlay. But yeah, I mean I, I know people who are like very hardcore, like studying all the money lines every day, trying to like put something down. It's never been that way for me. It just makes it way more stressful. And especially betting on my own team, I don't think I could ever do that. I could I could never put like a serious bet on the Browns. Like that would be just way too much for me.
1: Yeah. I like I I appreciate it as like a casual. Like you've got a hunch and you want to make something interesting with somebody. Right. But yeah. I don't know when you start, like I think, you know, it can be an addiction. It can get serious. Um, but I've definitely like, there is somebody in my fantasy football league who he plays in a, um, a dynasty league where you carry your players yeah. over every year. And then you have a draft, like the regular NFL draft, you're drafting the new players and whatever. And, um, but he wouldn't call it his dynasty league. He'd call it his big money league. And he liked to talk about his big money league quite a bit we were his small money league and i was like all right you know (laughs) i'm like
0: less yeah Yeah, no it's like he wasn't thinking anything of it but you know he's just one of those guys yeah i was in a dynasty league um but you could you only care like it was a high school league like with a bunch of high school friends and you only carried two players over and i remember I'll, i'll just i'll mention this briefly it was a it was a ppr league points per reception right I carried over Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. And I also got Julian Edelman. And those three guys basically carried me to the championship that year. So I forgot to mention it when we were talking about him, but I will always appreciate Julian Edelman for for carrying me. That was the year that he was suspended for the first four games because of uh, substance abuse, I think, or uh, performing PEDs. And so he fell later in the draft. So I was able to pick him up, and he carried me to the title. So, in my book, Julian Edelman is a is a Hall of Famer, but not for the not for the reasons that he should be. Uh, but I, I always find this really interesting as sports betting is coming. You know, I think more legal and FanDuel and DraftKings and all that's becoming more mainstream. So it's always something that's going to. You know, I think it's still in the evolving stage, but it's always but interesting. There's so, at least twenty different
1: apps you can bet on. And everybody's oh, yeah, be yeah. coming out with a, a new sports betting app and getting affiliated with casinos and stuff. It's it's been crazy watching the commercials because when you watch a sporting event, now all the commercials are about sports betting.
0: Yeah, I mean they, you know? they have their audience there, and that's that's you're talking all that. That's excluding um, like underground books or you know stuff that's not that's less than legal because those definitely still exist. So I mean the the amount of money that's being thrown at games is uh, is, is exuberant and will be growing even more. So I just want to get your take on that. Uh, we haven't really ever really talked about a lot of sports betting on the show, so I was curious on uh, your thoughts on that. I guess your dad's not as big of a of a fan uh, on on that front, but um, interesting uh, all around. And uh, you know, sorry for that uh, bleach report, San Francisco Giant fan producer, whatever for uh, hitting for Joey Votto uh cranking that home run. Uh so uh we're going to talk some basketball before we do one again thank tell abq make sure you check out uh tell abq download the tell abq app where you can listen to this podcast on tell abq podcast check out Know Your Balls podcast there. Uh Robbie this kind of came out of the blue LaMarcus Aldridge one of the uh Best players, I'd say, of the last seven, eight years, maybe even 10 years. Uh, really, really good career. Well, Marcus Aldridge announcing he reti- he's retiring from the NBA. He had a health scare due to an irregular heartbeat. Uh, he had just been bought out by the Spurs this past year and uh, latched on to the super team known as the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, but now he, he's calling it calling it a career. He started with the Trailblazers, was one of the best players in franchise history. Uh, Damian Lillard's already calling for the Blazers to retire his number twelve. He then left to sign with the Spurs, and then this past year he joined the Nets. So, I mean, he 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 had a, a, a really great career. He was just really smooth with with the way he operated and the way he carried himself
1: yeah i was
0: very surprised to
1: see this um he had, yeah he definitely had a great career I, i'll i I fell in love with the trailblazers back in uh i think it's like 20 2013 2014 yeah. um you know when they were first kind of rising to prominence there and um you know i just amazing rebounder you know i mean just yeah what, what were the stats on his rebounds again uh I- he, 19,
0: he averaged 8,000 yeah. career rebounds. Like Yeah, he, he's one of only 25 players in NBA history with 19,000 points and 8,000 rebounds. And he, in 1,029 career NBA regular season games, he averaged 19.4 points, 8.2 rebounds. Uh, just really, really solidly consistent. He's Portland's all-time re- leader in rebounds with uh, over 5,400, and he's third in their franchise history in points with over 12,500. So he's he's made his mark, also career-wise, for shooting splits. 49% from the floor, 32% from three, 81% from the free throw line. He was efficient. Like, he he wasn't just throwing up shots. Like, he made those count. Yeah. No, I mean, you you, know,
1: you, you had to play him everywhere on the floor and that that's what made him so great i mean he's a an awesome big man but then you can stand out at the three-point line and you know get work done out there too so yeah i, you know, I thought it was crazy you said it was an irregular heartbeat oh um, yeah it was a regular heartbeat that's insane to be yeah. you know to just play for that long and then all of a sudden you're just laying in bed one night and you know you're, you're wondering what's going on in your yeah. chest there um, yeah he, he uh, i mean good he, for him though like you know taking care of his health and uh and not, you know I think there's a lot of people who might like I personally would ignore that. Like if I felt a weird rhythm really? in heart, I'd be like, I'm going. I don't care. Like I would I would <laughs> I'm be going like going
0: out yeah. I'm going out with an irregular heartbeat. Well that's just my general
1: attitude towards like any type of pain. Like just walk it off. You know, like just unless it comes becomes like totally debilitating. Um you know, or, like, seriously, like, if, my, if I just, like, dropped on the court, I'd be like, well, obviously then. But, you know, for him to leave that in be like, by then, well, By then,
0: it might be too late, happening.
1: Robbie. By then, no, it, it might be too late. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so good for him. Just kind of understanding, like, like, I've had a great
0: career, you know. I mean, he's um, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Uh, outside of LeBron and Carmelo Anthony, he had the most two-point field goals of any – player it was like lebron Mello and then LaMarcus aldrich i can just picture him on that left block i mean he he was just he was money he had a great jump shot he extended it out to to the three-point line later in his career and, and like you said a really good rebounder really underrated shot blocker too and he he was definitely one of those players that that brought portland to prominence he hasn't played in portland in some time but he definitely made his mark on that organization a sense of professionalism and the fact that their best player damian lillard right now is saying they need to retire his number that that speaks a lot about his impact on in portland so uh, just like julian edelman i guess like there are levels to this i like you you know a lot of people are making the same case with Lamarcus Aldridge aldrich that uh, football fans are making with Julian Edelman. Like, should should they be Hall of Famers or not? Similarly, I think it's like their levels to this. Their numbers should be retired by their team. Um, but, but that being said, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be like upset if he was a hall. You know, ended up in the Hall of Fame one day. I just you know, he should definitely get his jersey retired. I mean, you know,
1: Lamarcus Aldridge is in a different, like you said, a different realm, though than like Julian Edelman is. Like his numbers are actually, I mean, like you said, one of only 25 players in NBA history with 19,000 career points and 8,000 career you know rebounds. So you think he's a Hall of Famer? I mean, you know, when you're in that kind of range where, I mean, you could say one of 25 in the entire history of the NBA, you know, you're in that group. I mean, think of how many other players have played in NBA history and didn't make it into that 25. Um, You know, a good point that's, i mean you know when, when i see numbers like that you know seven time all-star five time all nba like that's you know i'm not saying he's a shoo-in but yeah. i definitely think he has a bigger case than than julian edelman like julian edelman was a great great you know receiver for his team but he
0: wasn't blowing up the stat sheets you know um yeah, no, you make, you make a really good point and, and, you know, they're different sports. So, you know, wide receiver is going to have a different kind of impact. The position you play really determines how much of an impact of, you know, on the game you're going to have in football basketball, it's different. You make a good point. And so I, there's definitely an argument to be made. So uh, again, though, we wish Marcus Aldridge a happy retirement. He's, you know, he's had a long, really successful career. On and off the court. He's made a lot of money for himself. And um, he's he's going to be able to take care of his family and the people he cares about. So congratulations and a happy retirement to LaMarcus Aldridge. On uh, a side
1: note, though. Um, yeah. I'm kind of happy that the Nets
0: don't get him anymore. Nobody likes the way that the Nets were constructed. Like they view it as like all these hired guns and all of that. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see how Brooklyn replaces him. Um, there, it's gonna it's gonna be a downgrade, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's something that, um, like, because it's Brooklyn, I don't think it will hurt as much as if, as if he had gone, like, if he had gone to Milwaukee, for example, that would have been a much bigger loss, I feel like, for them. Um, even though they're also a contender and only three games back of Brooklyn, so yeah, yeah you, you make a good point. Yeah, Brooklyn um, will be just fine. Yeah, Brooklyn will be fine. I don't think many people are sympathizing with them right now. Um, but someone that is getting a lot of sympathy now is uh, Jamal Murray, who tore his ACL against Golden State not long ago. I mean, this is a uh, this is a big one. This is this is a. This is going to impact this year with Denver, and it's probably going to impact Denver's season next year too, because that the timetable for this kind of injury. I mean, I I don't. I'm not a medical expert, but I haven't seen guys tear their ACL in April and then be ready to go in October for when next season starts. So this yeah, is this a is very typical yeah. sort of injury. Like those three letters. Like that's nobody ever wants to hear those three letters in that that order ACL and I mean Denver was clicking though like they had Murray uh, they they had Michael Porter Jr. Jokic obviously is the you know is the main guy they acquired Aaron Gordon who Aaron Gordon an absolutely tremendous pickup for Denver he fits perfectly with what they want to do they have Will Barton I really like their head coach Mike Malone. They have a lot of great things going for them, and then their point guard goes down, and I um, don't expect him back for the rest of this season. And uh, th- this kind of this kind of transitions into what you know our last topic is these NBA injuries. There there have been a long list of guys who have missed significant time, and these are like <laughs> these are the top guys. LeBron and Anthony Davis have missed long stretches are still out as of this recording. Durant and Harden have missed a lot of time. Giannis recently just got back from, I think, a seven-game absence. And then Donovan Mitchell, he just got hurt too. He just injured his ankle. Um, as of now, don't know what that timetable is going to look like, but he's definitely going to miss some time. Um, th- these are not just some players. These are the faces of franchises. These are the top the top these are all-stars all nba caliber players jamal murray is just one of uh, the the handful of guys who now have torn their acl this year Spencer dinwiddie earlier the year Kel fultz thomas bryant these are all uh, important guys even young guys like Lomelo ball are missing a lot of time i mean uh the nba has has been forced to congest their schedules so much uh the wear and tear is really starting to show. Yeah. I mean, you you
1: mentioned LaMelo ball, and I think that's one of the more significant injuries here. Cause he's most likely he's getting a second opinion, but he's more than likely out for the season. And, you know, the Hornets are sitting in, in, uh, that eighth spot with 27 wins, you know, only one ahead of the Pacers or ahead of the Raptors. Um, and so I think losing one of their star players for the rest of the season—no way he's coming
0: back—definitely um, hurts them. They said more he, than some he, of said he might. People. They said he might come back. Like he was originally like, "There's no way he's coming back," and then there's like reports that are like, "Well, maybe." Yeah, but so, by the time he comes back, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think I think something else that's interesting. The NBA this coming off season. I believe is going to be their third consecutive shortened off season, you know, between COVID and and everything. This year, they wanted to make sure that the finals were done before the Olympics. And so that was like a hard deadline for them. They still want the season to go back to normal. Starting next year, they still want that 82 game schedule that will kick off in about mid-October. And I read some article and it was—it said something along the lines of like the NBA, like they're comparing NBA players to like candles, right? Like, like candles. You like if you have like a scented candle, right? Like it has like a you know you a while before you burn through it, but like once you burn through it, you can't you know that candle. Is, you know when you really need that candle, you can't light that candle anymore. So it's like the the even the players who aren't necessarily getting hurt, the wear and tear on them is like building up that like the players who are playing during this time we they're they're getting like negative there's negative health effects you know that pertain to them that we might the effects of which we may not see for a couple more years
1: i guess um i don't know they were uh, in the in this new york times article here they uh you know i think the nba i don't know if it was a commissioner or Somebody from you know representing the, the league itself uh said that they, they you know this season has had the same amount of injuries as any other season. It hasn't been abnormal. Yeah, the abnormal they, thing is more that it's the, it's all the stars
0: <laughs> seem to be well, going. It's also, down the, it's also the severity too. Like even Joel Embiid is another name that, that we didn't mention. He's missed a lot of time. Kyle Lowry, uh John Collins. Like uh, you know, I'm i I'm, I'm blanking on some. I think Victor Oladipo. Although to be fair, he gets hurt a lot. But yeah, it was like a th- tweak. He's coming back. Yeah. Uh. But like these are, I mean, this. You you said okay, it's the star players. But the NBA more so than football, baseball. Can't really speak for hockey. I'm not as you know. I don't really know hockey as well, but more so than these other sports, basketball is a star-driven league. Like, d- stars are the face of the league. Literally, the NBA logo is a player, Jerry West. So, <laughs> like, this is... This I mean, so is not
1: the MLB a- logo.
0: Right. The MLB has only got one guy on their, on their thing. I mean, the M- like, well, is, do they know which ML- which player it is on the logo? Like, Like, the NBA, oh. they know... Whose silhouette that is? That's Jerry West's silhouette. So this is this True. is the Premier League for players. Yeah, but
1: I mean you also look at like like you said, the severity of the injuries, like Joel Embiid, like I watched that video and he just landed on his feet wrong, and you know, his knee just buckled. And I don't think that has anything to do with, you know not you know with working too much i mean i think he just came down wrong and if he had taken a 10 game break before that game it wouldn't have mattered because you just you know roll your ankle the wrong way or something and you know um it's gonna happen regardless of your conditioning Uh, but some of these other ones were i think it was anthony davis his or was it kevin durant with the hamstring
0: issue i think Um, it was durant he's just kind of been like managing it for the long haul like and and, yeah, players, and play. players have to do that he's just
1: he's just saving it for the playoffs because you know he doesn't need to play for them to get into the playoffs and then he'll just come in in the playoffs and you know kick everyone's
0: butt it so, doesn't really it doesn't really matter to the nets if they get the number 1 seed or the number 3 seed like there's there's they're, they're going to be revving it up for, for the playoffs that's for sure and i think it's definitely something that's interesting of note know- because these star players seem to just be like, okay, let's get through the regular season and then and then we'll and then we'll get things ready for the playoffs. It's like they're not making 20, 30, 40 million dollars to play 20 games. Like they're doing it to play a whole season. And but but this year, like if I was the Nets, I would be doing the same thing. I'd I'd be sidelining Durant for those random games that you don't really need him. Same with Harden. Same with Embiid in Philadelphia. You know, Golden State's not really doing it, but I would do it with Steph Curry. Um, Like, there's there's a lot that I understand from the team's perspective um, and from the player's perspective. Because, again, a lot of, like, the Lakers and the Heat, what was it, a month and a half? Not even two months between the finals and opening day? Like, I get it.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I'm kind of. I saw Stephen A. Smith blew up on this topic the other day, and I'm. Well, kind he of blows like, up on
0: most topics.
1: I love him, uh, but he, he, uh, you know, he's like, you got to be kidding me.
0: You know, like, these guys,
1: you play basketball for a living, you act like you're a coal miner, you know, <laughs> and you just can't go another day. Um, you know, realistically, I mean, you know, it's just, I, 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 I they didn't used to do this. And players seem to be just fine. I mean, you go to the... I think it was 89 or 90 playoffs. Isaiah Thomas in, like... I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals. It was definitely in the playoffs, though. I mean, this guy broke his ankle in the middle of a game and played the rest of the game hobbling. Like, skipping around the court with a broken ankle. And he went off. Well, I mean, he the, like won the, playoffs, the game single-handedly. Right?
0: But the, the playoffs, point is, right? you know... Yeah, that's the playoffs. But also, like... I don't think that's an issue, though, with today's. Like, today's players, like, they don't rest for playoffs, though. I don't think that's the issue.
1: They definitely rest for playoffs.
0: I've definitely seen players take nights off for no reason I mean, other than their I mean, in the games. playoffs. Like, in the playoffs. Like, once oh. they're in the playoffs, they're not, they're not resting. Like, they're not yeah. injury managing once the playoffs begin. That's what I mean. I don't
1: yeah. think you would see—I don't think there's one player in the NBA today who, if he had the exact same injury as Isaiah Thomas, would stay in the game with a swollen ankle bursting out of their shoe. Probably
0: not, no. Not one, no. Probably not. And,
1: you know, I get it. You know, you wanna preserve your health, you know, and long-term injuries and this stuff hurts when you get older and stuff, but, you know, there's something about somebody who just loves the game so much and it's just so competitive that there's no way in hell you're going to pull them out of the game under any circumstances. And I just don't like seeing this it's, it, at the end of the day, this is for entertainment. And if I pay to go to a Brooklyn Nets game, or you know, if I if I pay to go to a Pistons game and I want to see them play the Brooklyn Nets, and James Harden and Kevin Durant decide to sit that night, and then the Pistons win, and I'll be like, well, I feel like we didn't really win because we didn't really play your team, and I didn't even get to see a good game because you know I didn't get to see the stars of the NBA that I paid to come see, you know. It's like you want to go to a you know a Rolling Stones concert and Mick Jagger said, "Oh, I'm tired. I'm just gonna stay home tonight and we'll oh, just play my voice over fair. the audio." That's it's not
0: that's not a fair thing,
1: comparison. It's the same thing. No, because no. I come to see when I turn on TNT, I
0: you know, and I see. I think it's a know, little bit different. Mick Jagger's not gonna be injured and their not voice, his voice gets injured. I think that I. You had me until you like I, I could understand what you were saying until you brought up the Mick Jagger comparison. I I can't I can't go that far with you. I can't go that far with you, Robbie. But I understand what you're saying, and it's definitely a valid argument. Like I'm paying to see the stars, and they're not showing up. I think this goes to show you that the like something you know the a uh, hidden truth that's not so hidden is that the star players and the players like they're protecting themselves and as much as i want to criticize them for not caring necessarily if the fans are spending money to see them or not i can't sit here and tell you that i wouldn't be doing the exact same thing if i was them like i can't tell you that i wouldn't try to look out for myself and my best interest my future financial aspirations you know my future health i can't tell you i wouldn't do the same thing so i do want to go with you in lockstep and say hey i want to I want. I want. If I'm paying for this, I want this. Uh, if I was a star player, or if I was a player managing an injury, and I would be on the cautious side too. So you definitely have a valid point, though, and I can see why. I can see why you like Stephen A. Smith. He he thinks a lot of the same way you do on in this in the, on this topic. He just takes a wild card approach to pretty much everything. Blasphemous.
1: Oh, the- <laughs> sometimes he gets a little ridiculous, though. He's. <laughs> it's funny watching him. He's doing uh an interview with um, this guy who used to be on a soap opera. I can't remember his name, but they've been doing these interviews together, uh, and I've seen a them. Big
0: General Hospital fan.
1: Yeah. All okay, right. You know the guy, Sunny Corinthos. My mom used to watch the <laughs> show all the time. Anyways, that has nothing to do with sports, but Stephen A. Smith and him are talking. uh I think about like mental health and stuff. And to see him, not putting on the act, mm-hmm. you know, for for first take or whatever, um he's like a totally different dude. Like he's actually very like yeah. mild mannered right. and like very calm side to him that like, it's just so weird. Cause every time I turn on the TV
0: and see Stephen A. Smith, he's losing, you know, he's losing it. <laughs> he, he came and spoke at my school, uh, at Emerson, uh, I go to Emerson college and he, he actually came and spoke and I got to see, see him live in person. Um, he, he was very insightful and, in, and in, like how he, views the like sports landscape and world and how he views like the bottom line and hard work and all that and generating interest and revenue and all that um he, he does have still have a little bit of that like tv flair to him though even you know even even when he's not on camera but uh i i do see you know i did get to see like a, a real side of him when he's not i guess performing or you know on the clock uh, so yeah, he's he's definitely a wild card, and um, you know the first he's definitely the most famous person in the sports media landscape. That's for sure, and yep. I believe the highest paid one, as he should be, because he's generating the most amount of revenue for for ESPN. So I mean the fact that, the fact that we're even talking about him for this long is just. Uh, is just kudos to him and uh, and, and the career he's built so of course we were gonna we' were gonna turn this to, to into a Stephen a thing. my dad's not a big Stephen A guy and so if he you know when he watches he'll be like ah stop talking about him so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put a pin in it there uh, again we want to thank tellyBq once again follow Latinique on all our socials you know the works you know the drill follow us and uh, the website www.latinique.news got a lot of great stuff coming. I'm, I'm afraid to pass it to you, Robbie. I'm afraid what's—I don't even—I I don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth, but I'll—I'll I'll begrudgingly hand it over to you for for one final word. Okay. What? Uh... Oh no! Oh no! Oh. Come on, Robbie.
1: What did the announcer say about the wide receiver with no hands? You just wide, not a receiver. And he said, "Now that's a real football player. He doesn't have any hands.
0: Cause he's just doing with his feet." <laughs> that's all I got, dude. That's it. That was that was an original. That was your worst that one. yet good. you you came up with that on your own. I did. I didn't Google it this time. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell. That was <laughs> terrible. Yep. That's another your balls podcast. See you next time.